When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. It's a rainy Halloween day here in the New York City area, but we're still doing it the prosperous, sustainable way here at Sustainable Success. We're wishing everybody uh, a happy Halloween tonight. Uh, you know, just again, uh, take it slow. You know, uh, enjoy your time with your family tonight. I will be on a flight to Vegas, so my son is going solo tonight with his friends. So I uh, will be on a plane on Halloween. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But nonetheless, we hope you enjoy your Halloween. And again, if you're new to Sustainable Success, again, you, know, you found us here at a Voice America Influencers Channel, but you could also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests that we've had on the show delivering words of wisdom that will help not only scale your businesses, but also find harmony within your own personal lives in terms of well-being and relationships. So we encourage you to come by, follow us on Facebook, also leave any comments and anything that any questions that you have, we'd be more than happy to answer for you the, the sustainable success way. Sometimes I get tongue-tied with that one. With that being said, our show today is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process. And since then, this organization has evolved to helping create interdependent family structures that address limited beliefs in families where parents can become better examples and modify those behaviors that will help serve for their children to observe to grow into higher self-confident adults so they don't repeat those patterns of codependency with their future families. Interdependent family structures lead to interdependent communities and interdependent business. Check out what this organization is doing. It is a movement, so they work with many different organizations and entities to make a difference and provide solutions in this particular area. Their website is www.efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Today's show, we're, we're going to be talking about the truth doesn't care about your feelings. As we know that every business is relying on the efficiency and the effectiveness of its most critical processes, leveraging both the no, no borders and mission essential methodologies, you're going to learn from our guest today how he and his organization empower organizations to deploy a complete view of functional areas impacted at both the leadership and solution generation level to achieve best practices. And before I introduce him, I'm going to give you a bio about him. His name is Yosef Elkim. He has spent his professional life solving problems for and figuring out what makes some of the world's most recognized companies operate and succeed. His clients include banks, governments, defense ministries, insurance companies, healthcare providers, medical device companies, technology companies, biopharma companies, and the list goes on. After going from private sector to public sector and working as a chief of intelligence for a three for a three letter agency with five deployments overseas after having consolidated best practices for from both private and public sector environments Yosef is an, an a reverent practitioner thought leader author advisor and strategic pundit 
He has been cited on CNN, MSNBC, Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, Ynet, Wired, and Compliance Weekly. Without further ado, we welcome Yosef Elkham to the show. Yosef, how are you doing today? I'm beyond words. What an introduction. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you you know, you and I have known each other. We've we've been talking now for, God, almost a year now. You know, you know, we became buds on LinkedIn and, you know, you're a fabulous keynote speaker. I mean, you're out there creating awareness in the area of compliance and all the other things that we just kind of mentioned here. And, you know, I think a lot of people that are tuning in today were probably really curious about, you know, what is the truth doesn't care about your feelings. So they're probably wondering, what is that? Where are we going with this today? So let's just open up a little bit about, you know, about what we're going to talk about. The truth doesn't care about your feelings to shed some insight. And then we can kind of go into some of the areas that you help, you know, organizations uh, and and many of the people listening here have companies or they work for companies and work for different business units that could really benefit from what you're going to bring today. Sure. So let's talk about sure. you know, the truth doesn't care about your feelings. What are we? What, what could we shed some insight to kick off this discussion about that area? 100%. So firstly, I mean, you know, the reality of these things are, it, it's a simple formulated concept that I, I had kind of adopted off of hearing someone named Ben Shapiro you know, who, who's basically coined that term. The truth doesn't care about your feelings. He was talking about it contextually in the eyes of politics and so forth and so on. But I felt it was so apropos given the type of work that I do. And it really brought home the, the, the following point, right? So today, we live, innovation has never been more prevalent and entrepreneurship has never been more prevalent than it is today. You have a, a significantly, because of technology, because of social media, because of podcasts like this, because of, you know, uh, social awareness and the attention economy, you have such a low barrier to entry, such a low entry to market. I mean, effectively, it, it's anybody's game at any given time. Everybody, everybody's working off the same tools. Nobody's really inherently working off of anything proprietary. If you're using Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, you know, that could effectively be the same tool that your competitor is using. The difference, the, you know, the differentiating factor between the two of you is fundamentally rooted in how well you use it, how well you apply it, and how diligent you are on top of it. But where the truth doesn't care about your feelings comes in is you have a lot of people that fundamentally look at someone who's an influencer, somebody that's ultimately achieved something notable. And they say to themselves, you know what? I'm doing the same thing. I have the same tools. This is not working. Or how come I'm not getting that same outcome? I'm pissed off. I don't like this. This doesn't seem right. I'm going to give up. You know, statistically, the amount of businesses that close in year one are in, you know, in the high double digits, probably in 70%. And the reason for that being is because people don't understand that reality doesn't give a damn about what you feel the situation should be. The truth is that if you're not going to put in the amount of effort that somebody else has effectively put in to achieve an end game, you don't get, you know, you don't get to complain because the truth is 
even if you followed exactly those same details down to the wire, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to accomplish the same outcomes. Why? Because every variable plays a different level of influence in the process, right? So it's basically like I said, and I put a meme out about it, and I say it often to clients, at every chapter, every stage of development within your business, you as an owner or a CEO are going to be required to become a different version of yourself in order to achieve the objectives that the, that the company has hit. And I think that's important. It's really important because that, that speaks to your ability to be agile, definitive, while still holding on to you know, the same principles and cause that effectively had you starting the business in the first place. So that's, that's it in the summation. Wow. So like, you know, with any, any companies that are listening right now or, or, or individuals that represent companies that you either work for or maybe that's their own company, you know, in terms of this, you know, what are some of these things that they can start looking at to not only differentiate themselves? That's, I wouldn't say that's really the, but what, what, what is going to make them more compelling and be able to really, you know, operate more effectively? Like you talked about like what you're, your organization does in terms of when you look at leadership and best practices yep. and so forth? Yep. That's a great question. And I, I would say that the best thing to do is to start with a simple principle, right? Today, as I mentioned earlier, the barrier to entry is virtually non-existent. The entry to market is virtually non-existent. You have legacy players in any line of business that are effectively looking to hold on to whatever it is they have you know, and not be displaced by new up-and-comers who have picked up momentum. And then you have up-and-comers that have picked up momentum that are effectively trying to capitalize on having a seat at the table versus being what's for dinner because legacy players have a much more established and reputable name in the market. This is an interesting kind of back and forth, but what I found that's really, really meaningful about both of those things is that in the context of how those businesses operate, one common denominator seems to resonate in every one of those environments. And that is because the entry to market is so, is so low, Chris Salem offers business advice. Joseph offers business advice. Jim offers business advice. Everybody seems to be an expert at solving your problem after the fact, but nobody inherently has anything valuable to add in the moments when there isn't a crisis, right? So mm-hmm. I think the best thing to, the, the, one of the key things that I tell my clients and that I try to impart on when we work with people is take it, for, for take it this way. In a world that's perpetually becoming commoditized because the, air, the entry to market is so low, how do you avoid becoming part of that commodity economy? The only difference is, is that you need to operate from a told, not sold perspective. Lead from the front of the room. Offer input. I'll give you an example. In compliance, for example, I, I see it often and in reg tech and fintech and machine learning, AI, technology. and all, you know, I, I see that the most pivotal players that are actually capturing some of the attention economy are the ones that are making awareness or bringing awareness to pivotal changes in rules, regs, policies, procedures from the front of the room. They're educating the client. They're articulating a message of value 
before there's a request for the fee for service. And that's integral because, you know, in a world full of commodity, in the world of products and services, the only thing that can't become commoditized is your point of view. So when you're leading with your point of view, you're effectively soft selling, which is, which is effectively converting over to a meaningful relationship. And people aren't doing business with you because of who you are. They're doing business with you because of who you aren't. Everybody else is trying to sell a product and service, and they're leading from the sales perspective. You're coming into it leading from the leadership, domain, advisory, strategic partnership perspective. That's a pivotal, pivotal distinction. And in this market, with so much change, it, 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 it's an accelerator, a significant one. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I'm really interested in doing a deep dive into this. You know, we might not be able to get to everything in the first segment. We can always look in the second segment, but you know, what are some of the, what we can discuss some of the methodologies here, you know, that, you know, again, just saying that there are companies here that probably, you know, they understand their business. They, you know, I'm sure they've been doing it for some time or, or at least understand the industry, you know, that they're in, even if they're starting businesses or been in it for a short period of time. But what are some of the areas here that, that you've been discussing that in terms of methodologies that organizations or people that could take that lead can start making a difference and start making those changes? Absolutely. So let's take, I'm sure you have people on your audience or in your audience rather that are very, very prolific and meaningful in the areas of innovation and technology, right? That's probably a good starting point because it seems to be the common denominator or the pivot. So, Innovation is an interesting idea, right? It's, again, another example of something that has a very, very low barrier, a very low entry to market. Really, what I mean by that is there's no, there's no reason that you can't start a software company tomorrow and go out and sell your product. Now, the, the difference is going to be how well you achieve the sale of that product by way of public interest and so forth and so on. That's really going to be what it comes down to. With that in mind, some of the methodologies that we use are we look at four key variables in a business process. We look at people, we look at process, we look at product, and we look at technology. Now, yes, anyone you talk to that's in any type of business advisory or financial crimes, compliance, they'll tell you, you know, first we start with data quality, then we go to operational workflow, and then we get to the customer experience. I say it's much more meta. It's much more deep dive than that, right? Matt Smithson, who's our COO, is a brilliant guy. He were, and you know, we work together, and he's always educating me and teaching me like ridiculously meaningful things. And he's like, businesses looked at in different levels of view, right? There's the hundred thousand foot view, there's the ten thousand foot view, there's the five thousand foot view, and then there's two the two feet away. When I look at these things, I imagine. What would, a, what would ideal state look like? What does future state look like? You're never going to account for everything, so the only thing you can do is project that any project that you're working on right now is never going to hit achievement for at least five quarters out. The five-year plan is now the five-quarter plan. You know what I mean? Because too much innovation influences and impacts your ability to achieve a five-year plan. That's, that's simple fact. There is no such thing as the five-year plan. So the only thing you can, can look at the way I work with my clients is I tell them anything that you're setting out to achieve, 
can only ever be looked at in a five-quarter in a five-quarter vacuum. So with that in mind, so we look at people, right? And businesses need to be honest with themselves, right? Because if you look at personnel and you look at staff and you look at the people that you either hire or the people that work for you or the people that you want to bring on, you have to be honest and say, okay, as a company, there's two ways that this can go. Have we enabled these people to achieve the highest level of outcome? Have we provided them the tools? Have we provided them the training? Have we provided them an insight into what our expectations are from a cultural perspective? The answer may be yes. However, the answer also may be no. And this is where absolute accountability comes from. My hashtag is function over form and absolute accountability. Why? Because at the end of the day, you have to admit that you can't ultimately expect your people to achieve a high degree of output if you haven't enabled them with the right tools in order to accomplish that. So that kind of introspection and review internally is pivotal to defining exactly what people look like within the context of your business. Have you socialized the message? Have you demonstrated governance top-down? Have you illustrated the principles? Is your culture resonant throughout the operations? These are all pivotal, you know, is there a shared uniformed mission statement that resonates throughout the course of the company's infrastructure? You know, next thing is process. Have we cohesively defined how these different work streams and work units and lines of business need to integrate with one another? It, doesn't, it may not be so articulate, it may not be so in-depth, but the idea that information sharing is pivotal in order for everybody to achieve is essential. We see in multiple cases, we work with companies, yep. banks, large-scale businesses that, for all intents and purposes, the IT department has no idea what the operations department does yeah. at all. Some of the most successful companies in the world don't make that distinction. Some of the, you know, some of the most prolific companies that you've ever heard of have two different C-suite level people operating at par with one another, but have never met. And they've been both working there for the last 30 years. It's astounding. When there's shared principle, when there's shared objectives, nobody's in fear of somebody else. Yep. See, so, I look at it this way. Fear in the workplace is like having, you know, having an acceptable amount of fear in the workplace is like having an acceptable amount of lead in your drinking water. No, absolutely. I want to, I want to continue on this, Yosef, because we got to go to break and I want to definitely expand sure. on what you're talking about here. Uh, again, you're, you're, you're listening to Yosef uh, Elkham. We're talking about the truth doesn't care about your feelings. If you are a business leader, you run a business, you're running a business unit, do not walk away. We're just getting to the core of everything that Yosef delivers on and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. 
You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Yeah, we're talking about today the truth doesn't care about your feelings, and this applies to your business. We're here with Yosef Elkham, and he is providing a wealth of knowledge here. If you are just joining us, again, do not go away. We got, we're got we just getting into the core of our discussion today. And you can listen to this show in its entirety later today on demand here at the Voice America Influencers Channel or at our Facebook page, Sustainable Success 2017, and of course, iTunes and any other place where you could access podcasts as well. So, Yosef, we we were we left off in the first break. You were we were talking about a little bit about the methodology, the process, and you brought up the, the fear uh, fear concept. So let, let's continue off where we left off with fear, and where you know where you know what, what happens with organizations when they're looking at fear, and what you uh, want to discuss there. Sure. So I, I think it's interesting that, you know, in the context of fear, I think that there's a lot of businesses that are out there that are afraid to take action, either because they're afraid of unknown consequence or they're afraid of being able to substantiate and support that, those decisions. Or, you know, in some cases, it's just fear of the unknown. And I think that that really speaks to the, the very, very spirit of what I said earlier in that, you know, businesses don't do you know, companies don't do business with you because of who you are. They do business with you because of who you're not. You know, one of the things that I realized very early on is that some of the most innovative people and some of the most influential people that I actually resonate with were willing to take very significant leaps. They were willing to take chances. They were willing to put it all out there, you know, in lieu of judgment in lieu of being scared or judged or considered or, you know, looked at. And I think that that's important. And I think it's important for two reasons. Number one, everybody is trying to appeal using the same methodology and taxonomy as somebody else because, hey, if it works for that guy, it should work for me. I don't think that's the narrative. I think when you're coming in with a different point of view that's considered variables that otherwise wouldn't be Part of the conversation on the front end, that's a differentiator. Like, I'll give you a good example. One of the things that I tell a lot of companies is, you know, when you guys are doing work, if you're, if you're in the software business, you sell software, and you're out there going out and you're promoting your product, your service, your expertise, your domain expertise, your value, your advisory level of, of work, and so forth and so on, one of the critical things that I come to realize is that in doing that, 
their appeal is only ever to sell to the particular line of business that they are in conversation with, thinking, hey, if I sell Chris Salem Enterprises, if I sell him a piece of product, hey, great, I capitalize on the license, and I win by way of the pull-through revenue downstream. I think there's a misunderstanding, at least in the way I, I do business and the people that I deal with. Your client is actually not the client, is, is actually not the person who's paying you. Like, so for example, if I work for Chris Salem Enterprises, you're not actually my client. My client is actually the, the regulation, the governance, the legal and regulatory entity that determines whether or not you are operating in good faith operating in a meaningful way, operating in a legal way, and genuinely have the right to be in business at all. So effectively, when you are new to market or your go-to-market strategy is new or it's something that's so dominant, something that's so prevalent or something that's so loud, that's all great. You might be new. Your go-to-market strategy might be new. Your product or service might be revolutionary. But if you're not accounting for the actual entities that determine, audit, litmus, metric, measure, whether or not those businesses that you're servicing are ultimately within the context of a legal compliance or legitimate framework, you're only ever effectively selling a product in a vacuum. And I say this often that, you know, doing business, any business, in a vacuum is like a, a charging bull who sees the red cape but doesn't see the matador with the sword. It's short-term greedy versus long-term greedy. And I think the objective is that more and more businesses are, need to become very, very conscious, cognizant, and aware that the market is changing. Your differentiator, what you think might be holding you back from impacting the market or your value statement or your ability to tell the truth regardless of how it ultimately makes everybody feel, you know, that's, the, that, that's your accelerator, right? It, it's like the old saying, everybody appreciates someone who tells the truth until you tell the truth about them and then you're a jerk. <laughs> Telling them what they, what they need to hear versus what they want to hear, right? <laughs> right, well, telling them what they want to hear versus what they really should hear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a detriment. And, and ultimately, it, it, it's, it, that veil comes down very quickly because you're all form and you're zero function. And I, and, I, and I think LinkedIn is the most, you know, brutal when it comes to that. Social media, you know, yes, it's foreign to boomers. It's foreign to Gen Xers, and, you know, and, and it's, it's perpetually evolving. But it's the most honest reflection of what you are, who you are, what you do, how you do it in the world. I mean, there's people that were effectively, you know, non-players, non-starters that you, I would have never become aware of in a totally different global environment that I'm now extremely close with and, you know, regard as friends even because I've gotten a chance to hear their alternative point of view. Yeah, there's a lot of motivational stuff that's out there. Find your inner spirit animal. Find your, your, you know, find your inner peace. Be the best version of you. 
and saying things in opposites really seems to be very, very cliche on this platform, but you got to sift through the noise. You know, whoever's going up is not going down. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's very meaningful and articulate. That means nothing. But you know what I'm saying? And I think that one of the things, and I'll share this, and I'll, you, you tell me if, you know, if this has been your sure. experience too. You know, one of the things that I find is that we as people who are perpetually working every day to add value, or at least we should be working every day to add value, I think that we as people that are a little on the realistic side, we run into people who love the whimsy. They love the most imaginative and colorful version of events versus the hard truth. And I'll give you a great example. I teach this with my kids. You know, the story of Isaac Newton is a very popular story. Everybody, you know, knows the story. He was sitting under a tree and an apple fell on his head and he realized the concept of gravity and he determined, you know, he created a theorem around it and subsequently it became, you know, Newton's law of gravity. What's interesting about that is that the story doesn't actually go that way. The story was the fact that he was sitting under a tree and an apple fell out of the tree next to him. And then he conceptualized based on that experience, how to ultimately generate, you know, the theory and and subsequently turn it into, you know, the thesis and, and it became much more impactful. The distinction, however, is critical. Why? Because the, the actual version is not as cute. It's not as colorful. It's not as imaginative as the story that everyone tells, even though we all know it's false. We still tell it. Why? Because we want this. We want the most colorful version of, of an experience. We want stories. We want to feel like we're taking people through the road, the road-worn experience. We want to take them on the journey. We want to take them behind the fourth wall and so forth and so on. And, you know, maybe it's made me to some degree unpopular, because I'm willing to call out what, uh, what other people aren't, but, you know, I'm, I'm just a very significant realist when it comes to these things. And I always tell people, telling yourself the most truthful, you know, the most truthful event relative to the most colorful, untruthful version of the event, you're not doing yourself any favors. You know, sometimes the truth doesn't care about your feelings and being able to own it take it, accept it, move on from it, that, that's, really, that's really critical, right? And I, and I think that that's, that's really where I think the state of play is for most people on our platform, most people that you speak in front of, most people that I speak in front of, nobody has time for fluff. No. There's a lot of it out there. No, there, there definitely is. And, you know, you really hit something really important here, like the truth. You know, sometimes the truth can hurt. But, you know, sometimes we got to we got to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. And, you know, and I think a lot of times, like you said, companies tend to like want to play it safe. You be conservative. But sometimes we got you have to stir the pot. Not that you're doing it on purpose, because that's the reality. This is the truth. You know, and something's got to be done. We can't sit there and just avoid the problem or manage the problem. We have to go out there and do something about it. But this is the reality. So, you know, Joseph, just to you know, reiterate that again, the importance that, you know, that organizations have to be genuine, you know, or even people in general, the more genuine you are, the more, you know, transparent you are 
again, sometimes it's going to maybe push somebody's buttons, but nonetheless, it's not doing it with the intention of doing that. It's just the truth of the matter, what's happening. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, and you see that manifesting in a couple of ways, right? So to, that, to just reiterate the point, telling yourself the most truthful version of where you stand in business is fundamentally different than being okay with the least untruthful version. You know, and I think that's important, and I see that in leadership, I see that in pricing, I see that in every aspect of the business. Like, I've said to somebody, you know, here's the deal. People who are, you know, I'll give you a good example, a simple example, right? So there's a lot of people that are, we're moving further and further into a gig economy. And you're starting to see a very significant uptick in people that are going into contract roles and consultancy roles. And it makes sense, right? Contingency staffing is fundamentally cheaper than hiring full-time employees. It absolutely makes sense. And by all accounts... I, I, you know, people like Gary V or, or any of those types of people can, you know, make the argument and I'm happy to debate that point, but it's probably served as a significant spawn for entrepreneurship's blow up in the last, you know, in the last decade, right? So just in that, for example, people that are in the gig economy that are looking at what value they bring to the table. In, in a lot of cases, these are people that have 20, 30, 40, 50 years of experience. So they'll have a conversation with somebody and they'll, you know, they'll talk about what's your hourly rate, what do you bring, you know, what can I expect within the context of that hour. And I tell them a lot of times, you know, you don't get paid by the hour. You get paid for the value that you bring to that hour. Right? And I think that's, that's, that's really a critical distinction. Because people like Alan Weiss, who has been a huge, huge, huge influence on my career, Alan Weiss says it all the time. If you're having a meaningful conversation and both sides understand the real definition of what the value is in the conversation you're having, then you're not negotiating fees. Mm. If value is the prevalent differentiator between why someone does business with you versus why they don't, you will find fundamentally that you are spending less and less and less and less time having conversations around fees. If the, it, it, and Matt, Matt Smith, who I mentioned earlier, he hits me with this all the time. The world we live in, whether it be emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, financially, every value statement, every facet of the world we live in is a measure of deposits versus withdrawals. In any conversation, if you are not exceeding the amount of withdrawals by at least double or three times the amount of deposits, you're, you're not, you, you don't have a seat at the table. You are what's for dinner. Mm. This is this is very interesting. I mean, this is like I think an eye-opening discussion here for a lot of individuals. Uh, you know, what would you suggest? We have about you know three minutes left to the break. I mean, what would you suggest somebody that yeah, upon where we are in the discussion here about truth doesn't care about your feelings? You know, what can people start doing right now? You know, just them personally where they could start, you know, making the, these changes. We talked a little bit about that earlier, but, but again, just re reinforcing the importance of that. 
Absolutely. So I would say that the first key thing is to understand, you know, take an honest assessment and audit and genuinely look at what is your business's culture? You know, I found that most people who say that they don't like top-down management actually love it when they're on top. You know, is that a culture that you're, that you're driving in your business? Is it all about you? Or is it all about the people that you're there to service? You know, where, where, where's the paradigm? What's the scale look like? What does enablement look like? What kind of people do you have? What kind of process do you have? What kind of product are you putting out? Is it just another version of, a, a, you know, something that already exists, but in, in essence, you know, doesn't, doesn't have anything meaningful on its own? You know, it, it's important to do this review, this self-audit, you know, fairly regularly. And I, and I find that in a lot of cases, some of the most meaningful businesses are, are, really, you know, are really benefiting from that kind of thing. Because I'll say it this way. My assessment is that there's four major reasons why companies fail at business. Four. And the self-audit, the tick box that people should be using, uh, hopefully they take away from this call, is the following. Number one, someone in senior leadership doesn't know what's going on. It happens more than you think. That's probably in and of itself its own show. Number two, Someone in leadership doesn't care what's going on because they don't answer. They don't work for the people. They work for the board. Number three, someone in leadership doesn't know enough to care what's going on. Or lastly, someone in leadership doesn't care enough to know. Uh. And I think when we when we turn around and we pragmatize how we what, what our business is what our process is, what our product is, what our go-to-market is. If you use those four key variables as a, as a litmus or a benchmark, I think, I think you're on the road to definitive change. And I think that that's pivotal and integral, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Well, this is great stuff. You know, again, I hope everyone that's listening is taking notes. If not, again, you can listen to this show on demand later today. We will have this show in its entirety, available later today. Again, you can listen to it anytime. Again, I encourage you, those that are on, to listen again. There is a wealth of information that Yosef is giving here. We have to go to break right now. Again, our show is being uh, brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization. Check them out again at www.efamovement.org. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. If you're just joining us again, we're here with Yosef Elkham again. We're talking about the truth doesn't care about your feelings we highly encourage you to uh, connect with uh, Yosef on uh, social media. He'll be providing his contact information later. If you are joining us, again, you can listen to this show in its entirety on demand later today. And again, this show will also be uh, on demand on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Please come and like and share. And again, there you can get a wealth of information from many of our great guests that we've had on the show in the past, we have all the shows there for download to listen. So, Yosef, I, you know, where we, uh, I wanted to go from here, and you, you know, you, this was another area that you really, really hit home for me, and I think it's going to really hit home for uh, many of the listeners here. You talk about amazing things happen in business when you stop caring who gets the credit. You know, that that to me, when I think about creating an interdependent environment, a business environment, that speaks volumes to that. So. Talk about why that is so important, why organizations, when they start looking at these these shifts and methodology and shifts of doing things better, why that's so important. Sure. So, you know, that, that rule for me came full force in times that I had served, you know, overseas in, in theaters of war, as well as the leadership that I had, you know, that kind of governed my path and guided me down meaningful roads. So... That path included, God, Stanley McChrystal, David Petraeus, John Brennan, Leon Panetta. I mean, you know, those who are not familiar with who these people are, uh, by itself, any one of those people could absolutely reshape, you know, your views on life. But having benefited, you know, in some cases longer with some than others, and having learned from their best practices and in some cases, dare I say, their failures, it, it, the, the one common denominator that they all had is that they never cared who got the credit. It was always about the mission. It was always about the outcome of the business. When you keep everyone informed and you elevate the people that work for you and you elevate those people to be at par with you from an objective perspective, when you keep everyone apprised and in the loop about a shared mission statement, what difference does it really make in the grand scheme of things? Who the hell does what? 
if you and I have a business objective and we're trying to achieve that objective, if you get there or if I'm the one who gets there, what difference does it make? The point is we got there. I'll give you a great example of this, another one example. I don't know what kind of music you listen to, but I'm a big Rush fan. Oh, I love Rush. And, I, uh, I, I just went to a Rush tribute band uh, two months ago. <laughs> I, won't, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but here, that, that's a great example. Getty Lee, right, was once interviewed, and one of the things that he said that was absolutely mind-blowing to me was that those guys have played together for decades. decades. They played since they were kids. They were like 11 years since old. Since they were kids. Since they were kids. And one thing that, they all, that they've said, we've never, ever, ever, ever had a fight about anything to do with the business. Whether it was publishing rights, whether it was anything at all. It was always creative having to do with the music, but we never fought regarding the business. Why? Because we never gave a damn who got the credit. We always looked at our band as, as everybody contributes an equal part. So we split everything 33% down the middle. We took on the liabilities that way, and we reaped the rewards the same way. We never cared about who gets the credit. If you ever look at their songs... I always find this interesting. It always says songs by Rush or written lyrics written by Neil Peart, but ultimately, you know, music was written by Rush. That's amazing. Why? Because that's so instrumental, no pun intended, in keeping the playing field level. Now, from an equity perspective or an ownership perspective, I've heard people like Gary say this. I've heard other people say this. Obviously, you can't expect anyone who works for you to work as hard as you do because it's not their company. However, if you incentivize people and you enable people, then you're fostering a culture of unilateral support. And that unilateral support makes all the difference when defining your company's sustainable culture downstream. Because look at it this way. That culture is the difference between your employees coming into work asking if they have a job versus coming into work and asking how many jobs they have to do. Where would mm. you like to be in, in, in that scale? Wow, kind that is how I powerful. look at it. No, and I think that's a great example when you used with uh, Rush because I, you know, when I, again, these were guys that it was all about the, the, the music, the craft. You know, the business came along with it, but they didn't get caught up in, in, in stardom and who got the credit. It was always about, you know, the music and, you know, that the fans received uh, value from that. And obviously, yep. you know, years later, I mean, this band, they, they just did phenomenal things. I mean, even though they've been, they, they never were in the limelight like some of these other bands. Nonetheless, they, 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 they were some of the most incredible musicians to to play in in the in the in popular culture in in this lifetime, and they're just they're incredible. I mean, the the, the songs yeah. that they put out, and uh, you know, and again, you know, think about a company doing the same thing. It's not who's receiving credit; it's it's delivering. You know, it's innovating, it's creating, it's putting out quality, and that everybody Agreed. shares as long as they're doing their part. Yeah, 
I mean, and look at it this way, right? As I said earlier, you're, you want to do something that's so definitively outside the box against the grain. If everybody's zigging, you want to zag. Rush is another great example, right? Why? Look at it this way. At a time when everybody was listening to Deep Purple and Humble Pie, those guys were putting out prog rock and off times and weird time signatures, writing about stuff that, you know, wasn't consistent with the flavor of the day. And I think that that's another lesson that, that's really important for businesses, right? When you're thinking about what you do, and when you think about the business that, or the service that you provide, I always try to tell people, and I share this often, lead with this, right? The benefit of working with you has absolutely nothing to do with what someone else doesn't do right. I try so hard to implement this messaging I try so hard to, to convey this in keynotes and in talks and in seminars, webinars, blogs, blogs, podcasts. It's so integral. You have so many people that come into meetings with clients or in business relationships, and they come in and they spend the first 25 minutes of a, of a, of a 40-minute meeting justifying why they have the right to be there. No. If you didn't have the right to be there, you wouldn't be there. So why don't you spend that time focusing on what you do well, what value you bring to the table? Another thing is some other people come in in those same 25 minutes. All they do is talk about what someone else doesn't do right. No, you need to be spending that time talking about what you do well, because what you do well has absolutely nothing to do with what someone else doesn't do well. In the end, all you're stuck with is having convinced this client not to work with your competitor but you haven't convinced them to work with you. It's about understanding, again, real value. And real value, in, in, in a lot of cases, is willing to put up the mirror and say, this is what it looks like. It's not always pretty. It's not always sexy. It's not always adorable. And I say this to people, too. You know, I'm not in the, re- I'm not in the rose giving business. When you hire me to come in and talk to you about your business or evaluate a problem, I'm not in the rose giving business. You want a rose? Go on the bachelor. I'm in the reality check business. And, 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 and I think more and more businesses, so hopefully your audience resonates with this. It's oh, time absolutely. to get real. Absolutely. I, I can't agree more. I mean, this is where transparency and, and really getting to the root cause of matters and stop managing the problem and just looking the other way, thinking that things are just going to go away or get better. No, you got to stand up. I mean, if you're going to make a difference in your industry, you got to step up. And sometimes you got to be disruptive in a way that may rub people the wrong way. But knowing that you're doing the right thing, that's going to lead to a better situation for those that you serve in that industry. So I think it's so important what you're talking about here, Yosef. So and, I, and I think that that's really at root cause, it, you know, and I think that that's really, that's really where, where I've kind of carved a niche out for myself. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't appeal to everybody. No question. Not everybody likes my style. Not everybody thinks that I'm great. Not everybody thinks that a conversation around the way I, I do business is going to resonate with them. Maybe they think it's too put forward. Maybe it's too intrusive. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a different yep. type of breed. I just, I'll tell it to you the way I see it because I think that that's what you're entitled to. 
No, it's so true. And I think that's the thing sometimes, again, it's, and it's how we communicate it. You know, it, it, again, you gotta, you gotta be assertive, right? You know, there's different communication styles. There's the passive aggressive, you know, there's the people that are passive or they're too aggressive. No, it's being assertive. You know, it's just being clear and specific, but coming from empathy, but, but speaking the truth because sometimes the truth, it, it, it can hurt. Yeah. And we got about a minute because I want to give some time for you. Yeah. But go ahead, sure. keep going. So I get, take a minute to finish that up. No, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll just put it this way. To your point, right? I think it is absolutely being okay with what you see in the mirror. And I think it's also equally okay to understand where you are in the world of common sense. Because at least in my world, I find that like, common sense is like deodorant. You know, the people who need it the most generally never use it. And, and that's unfortunate because... When you're leading with leading with absolute accountability and function yep. over form, there's you know you're unstoppable. Uh, absolutely, so, uh, yeah, that's really the, the you know the no, prologue. No, that's that's absolutely. Well, we got we got a couple minutes left to the end of the show, and I want to sure. you know thank you for sh- taking time out of your busy day to share these words of wisdom with our audience. And I just like to let the you know audience know where they can find you and what you're up to here. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I will say this. I'm extremely responsive on, on, on LinkedIn. I found that this is a platform that in some cases has become really, really a meaningful outlet for me to be able to share input, share my perspectives, my views, my thought leadership, and make people aware. So I generally tell people to go there to look at, you know, content that I'm putting out. Some of it's relevant, some of it's not, but all of it's applicable. And I say that to the degree that, you know, the principal rules and, and experiences that I share, they, you know, the content might be different, but the context is the same. So that's a really, really great, great place. And I find that LinkedIn is also like, you know, a really yep. amazing outlet for where yep. great ideas, they never really die. They just find smaller and smaller stages to play out in front of. So, yep. you know, that's a really yep. good medium for me. Well, great. Again, we encourage you to check out Yosef and connect with him. Again, his last name is E-L-K-A-I-M. We encourage you to reach out to him and establish a, a, some communication. And again, Yosef is very responsive. He'll get back to you. Again, we'll also have his information on the on-demand version. Again, Yosef, thank you for joining us today. And in audience, we thank you each and every week joining us as a sustainable success way. We wish you a happy Halloween wherever you are. And we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.